So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. That's Genesis chapter 1 verse 27. Welcome to In Her Image, a podcast where we are seeking and celebrating our mother God through scripture, scholarship, the arts, and everyday life. I'm your host, Kate, and tonight Jess and I are sitting down with an artist that we're very excited to talk to. Uh, we have Joel Kirk Richards. A little bit about him. He is a contemporary artist whose work engages with themes of antiquity, religion, spirituality, equality, and love. His work asks questions about modern application and implementation of religion as it relates to historical narratives and mythologies. The work often prioritizes the poetry of religious text over dogma or historical accuracy. Stylistically, it often bridges or walks a tightrope between classical and abstract expression. In 23 years, Kirk has created about 2,300 physical works of art, so like 100 a year. On his website, you can find a collection uh, titled The Feminine Divine, and there's about 25 paintings there, but I know that there's even more of that uh, there's more than that because I've seen them on Instagram. Some of them um, that I really love weren't even featured on that. So um, his art is also featured in A Boy's Guide to Heavenly Mother, which we've talked about. And we're just really excited to have him on today. So Kirk, thank you. Yeah, Thank you for the invitation. It's good to be here. Awesome. So now that we have some background on you as an artist, I would just love to hear about when you first started thinking about the feminine face of God and when you first decided to paint her. Yeah. I mean, I think like many of us in the Latter-day Saint tradition, I thought about a uh, heavenly mother from my, you know, in my earliest memories of learning about the gospel and doctrines about the eternal family and hearing, you know, the, that verse from, Oh, my father, that truth eternal says that I have a mother there. All of those early memories of learning the gospel appointed me to envision heavenly parents right? So not just a male God, but uh, male and female gods in partnership. And, and again, um, the, the scripture from Genesis chapter one, you know, God is created in, the, in, in male and female in the image, we're created male and female in the image of God. So um, I don't think that God was like this male person sitting around and made a male and then he's like, huh, let's make something that's slightly different. <laughs> you know, um, if we believe kind of in the eternal, eternal nature of the, of intelligences, then we have to believe also that those are, that there are both male and female intelligences 
um, eternally, right? So I don't know when I exactly started painting them, but I would say that like some of my earliest paintings that actually began to work <laughs> where when I finally had worked hard enough and was kind of getting towards the middle to the end of my college studies. And I felt like I, I had enough tools that I could create something and actually communicate and finish a painting. Many of those um, early paintings were mother and child paintings. They were um, definitely could have been read as Mary and Jesus, but, but really about motherhood. And so, I mean, you could say that definitely the feminine divine, if not specifically a mother in heaven, was something that I was painting as early as I was able to make a good painting. One of my favorite paintings as I was kind of wrapping up my college studies also was um, Cherubim and a Flaming Sword, and that depicted three women angels floating around this white hot sword in front of the tree of life. And again, I think I was interested in capturing the beauty of the divine feminine in that image. And then in the subsequent years, painted many uh, Pieta type paintings, um, mother and child type paintings. Um, so a lot of Mother Mary paintings. And I don't know exactly when I depicted explicitly Heavenly Mother for the first time. Um, but over the years, I've done a lot of paintings that include women angels, mother figures, specifically Mary, the mother of Jesus, and then Heavenly Mother and also just goddesses. So uh, part of that, I think, is, uh, is seeking to capture the feminine divine, not only in heaven, but also in the, the people around me. So that's definitely a topic that continues to be at the forefront for me as an artist. That's so beautiful that you've been painting like divine feminine themes since the very beginning. I did not realize that. Um, is this like a way that you connect with her is through your art and creating art or how, how do you connect with heavenly mother? Well, definitely. I definitely think of art as a sort of a prayer or a hymn or like a plea for intercession so, so absolutely, I, I connect with deity, which I see as both masculine and feminine through art making. Um, but also I do it that I do it explicitly in prayer. When I pray, uh, these days I typically pray to God. And in my mind, that's a mother and father. And sometimes I'll, I'll pray to heavenly parents. So I connect with her through actual prayer as well as artistic prayer. And um, I also have 
occasionally tried to connect with her through blessings. Um, one of my favorite blessings that I've had was from my wife, Amy, and um, I request, you know, I've asked her to give me blessings and hopefully to tap into the um, the power and wisdom and empathy of of feminine divinity. So yeah, those are probably the main ways. Thank you for sharing that with us. I know it's really personal, right? Like how do you connect with God? (laughs) But that's kind of what we do here. (laughs) Um, And what role has revelation and inspiration played in your artwork? So like how, how do you feel like she has communicated with you? Yeah, I think, I think the process of art making is, is also simultaneously, as I, as I said, kind of a, a prayer, but also a sort of meditation. So if I'm making an image, then I'm really thinking about what that image, what is happening. If it's a scriptural scene, if it's, or a scriptural principle, I'm really thinking over several hours, right, uh, through the process of the creation of that image about the, the the subject, about kind of just internalizing the principle or placing myself in the scene and trying to better understand who I am as a as a child of heavenly parents and you know who Jesus is and was and who um, those heavenly parents are and what they want for me as their child and how that relates to what I want for my children. So all of those kinds of thoughts um, are, are leading me to the next step. So I feel like making a work of art is very much um, a type in a shadow of walking in faith or having a, this journey, this life journey where we may not be able to see very far down the road, but we, we can see at least one step in front of us. Sometimes that's all we can see. And, and, and many times it's once we take that step that we can see further, we receive more inspiration and we can understand the path in front of us. And for me, that path has um, has led me to, I think, be more uh, more empathetic, more to listen more to to women around me, and and to um, draw from their empathy. And to try to uh, put put more of that empathy out into the world, I think that's the that's inspiration. I think the inspiration is how do we move in this world and be better stewards of and carry out the responsibilities that we have towards our fellow people. And um, and a lot of times I see that I see the best the greatest examples of that in the women around me and wish that i saw, saw it more in some of the men around me 
Um, so I think, I think that there are definitely things that we all can learn from each other, but inspiration, inspiration and revelation that come are the messages that I get are around charity, right? Charity is the thing that will never fail. And, and I think that that is, it seems to be more the purview of heavenly mother than anyone else. What I'm hearing you say is that like, as you have this intercession with God, the mother through painting, whether it's painting her or, you know, probably painting anything that your heart is more open to charity and empathy and, and listening, you know, to those around you. Sounds like she opens your heart. Absolutely. That's awesome. So, um, as I mentioned in our bio, there's so many pieces of art, (laughs) you know, often we'll have an artist on that has one or two. There's so many that, you know, of course we couldn't cover them all. Um, but I'll tell you two of my favorites. One is, I think it's called creator goddess and I have it on my wall. That to me is like, clearly like a heavenly mother, like like God and she's in gold and just, um, holding the, the universe in her hand. Um, and then another one that wasn't on your website but that I, I saw a while ago and it was like, uh, her children are reaching for her, but it's kind of like this massive, small people, like making a pillar reaching upward and this large, um, you know, goddess kind of reaching down towards them. Do you know? I know exactly what the image is and I'm trying to think of the title. Um, but the first one that you mentioned was done for the girl's guide to heavenly mother. Yes. Um, and that was such a privilege to be able to participate in that project um, yeah, I'm trying to think. I might be able to find the title of the second one. And did you say that that one was not on my in my archive? Yeah, it was. I just saw it on Instagram. It might have been because sometimes you do like a hundred days of painting. I feel like it was during one of those where you were just posting every day. Okay, I think that this one is called Embracing the Goddess. Is that mm. the right one? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, that was done in December of 2021, if anybody feels like scrolling back through my Instagram. So those were some of my favorites. We would love to hear any specific experiences or inspiration as you've created pieces depicting Heavenly Mother, uh, some of your favorites or those that kind of came to you. Um, Yeah, I mean, I... I think maybe one, a couple of the images that are maybe known by uh, a lot of people might be the breath of life from the dust, which I did several years ago, um, was purchased and then it has exchanged hands a couple or, or two, at least once, but it also was on display kind of at the front of, uh, show at the BYU Museum of Art. And that was done 
a long time ago. I'm trying to think specifically when, but I, I remember uh, debuting it also at the Springville Museum. Anyway, that that's a painting that depicts Adam kind of in this primordial steam and dust um, with the, you know, the father kind of arm outstretched as this Adam figure is being formed. And above the father figure is the, a mother figure kind of overseeing the whole scene. And I did that, like I say, several years ago, but I always wanted to do a companion piece and it just took, you know, sometimes I think inspiration or, you know, the ideas sometimes just take time to form and time to be refined. So I did a sketch for a creation of Eve several years after that, but it took several years for it to, to develop. And in the creation of E, which I finally did, and now the two paintings hang together in the same home, which is just like, for me, it's unheard of. Like to have a set of paintings that I wanted to go together, remain together in a collection is kind of a dream come true for me. So the second piece depicts Adam again, you know, towards the bottom of the image and then up at the top, the father, and then in, in the center, the central figures, the main figures are a heavenly mother with arms outstretched, almost like hands together, almost like, well, Eve's hands are together receiving, right? So Eve is being created and she is receiving from the mother as the male figures kind of look on and the these paintings are they are like my dream paintings like if i could choose a painting to represent me for my whole art career i would choose the creation of eve that just is has everything that i love in a painting um I think um, it's got realism, it's got abstraction, it has gesture, drama, atmosphere, gritty dirt, and also kind of like heavenly light, and, and the beauty of heavenly mother and, and earthly mother Eve, like, um, you know, we this whole so so much of our tradition not only the re the restoration tradition but especially leading up to the restoration tradition really demonized the female you know demonized eve erased heavenly mother and so to be able to celebrate them, you know, kind of front and center is also a big part of why I love the image so much. You can like see the image in your mind, even if you haven't seen the painting before. Um, and I, I love those ones too. And I love, I love that you love the heavenly light and the gritty dirt. And it's just like this combination of divinity and mortality and, 
that's really beautiful because it's something that we're all experiencing right on this earth is like we are these eternal spirits and we're here for just a time and so it's really fascinating hearing what you love in a painting being the artist um so thank you for giving us a little peek into your mind and your heart and what what you love about that were there any other pieces that came to mind or like processes that you wanted to share about creating any art specifically on heavenly mother well i think maybe in contrast to those paintings you know that are kind of on a grander scale that take more time and just letting things kind of distill or um ruminate um some of the smaller paintings that i've done that are just feel more intimate or 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 quicker like the ones that that you mentioned earlier the thing that i love about those paintings is a lot of times i don't even know what i'm going to do as i begin them you know as i i just start putting a brush to to the panel and a figure i start to form a figure and then i think well what is this figure saying to me and so in some ways it's listening to the the painting and, and kind of letting the painting lead me into meaning and let me kind of discover in real time what is happening what the figures are doing and and many times that leads towards these divine feminine images and I think it may, you could say that it's inspiration. You could say maybe that it's some of the things that are on my mind about um, about God and about the hand of the mother in my own life, you know. So that whole process of just like the unfolding within an hour or two or three or four this these kind of more intimate glimpses at how we might relate to the mother i think um i think that's also a, a an experience that i treasure thank you um you've kind of shared a little bit about this already but we would love to hear a little bit more about how creating art on the feminine divine has shaped your view of the world and others around you and maybe some of like why you think it's important that people learn about learn about and celebrate our mother god yeah i i kind of think about i mean when i think about this question i wonder what came first the chicken or the egg if it's me interfacing with the world and seeing something that I feel is out of place or needs adjustment or if the art kind of leads me to that conclusion or, you know, I think there, are, it may be kind of a continual feedback loop. Um, but one of the things that it shapes is my view of, the power and strength and example of women and also the concept of equality. So 
I think in the LDS tradition, we're trying to to better express this eternal principle of equality. And sometimes it feels like we're taking two steps forward and three steps back. But, um, but that's something that I really believe in, like true equality. Um, that is something that I strive for as I operate in the world. And it's a message that I try to, that hopefully people are receptive to in the world. So one of the things that I've had to learn personally is, um, is how to not kind of have struggles for control with my own partner, Amy. And, um, I realized through therapy that I had an issue with this, that we would get into kind of some, um, we would kind of collude in this relationship of struggle for control. And I think as soon as we were able to see that more clearly, it was something that we realized that we didn't want to continue to have. And so understanding that those behaviors in our own relationship allowed us to, to change. Um, so I would, that would, that would be a big wish for me would be that anybody who, well, that we would all kind of be willing to share control with each other, with the people that, to collaborate with the people that we are either partnered with or engaging with in the world. Um, and it's, I think, resisting the feminine divine that keeps us from truly collaborating. Does that answer the question? I'm not sure if I'm getting it. Yeah, I love where you took that. And I, I think that it is a natural conclusion or understanding at least it has been for me to say if god is also a woman you know and also you know if that title god means that there's equality in that partnership and there's equal power there then once we learn that through inspiration or reason um then when we start to see structures around us that don't mirror that we, we just recognize where things need to change and improve and how that perspective patriarchy is bigger than the church, but that it exists within the church as well, you know, can be difficult to grapple with. And I think that's why many people, uh, shy away from, like you said, they resist the feminine divine because it brings up uncomfortable <laughs> realizations um, of the way things are. I would also, I'm shifting a little bit. Um, there's one uh, piece that you've made that I love that's, I think it's called On the Mind of the Goddess. And it's like a, a woman, like a goddess, and her hair is a rainbow 
And you have other pieces you know, depicting either Jesus embracing those, a rainbow, you know, those in LGBTQ uh, identification, or like there's another one that's a, a great one of a, a church building with, you know, there's a woman preaching at the pulpit and the audience is just full, filled with diversity. And so I would love to hear how, if there's a connection there, um, with some of this art that you've created in embracing our brothers and sisters who identify LGBTQ um, and the feminine divine. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it comes back to what I was talking about before uh, when I was talking about empathy as kind of an exemplary virtue of the the mother, right? Like, and we see it in mother dragons. We see, like some of my best friends that are really advocating for their for LGBTQ uh, relatives and acquaintances are the mothers, right? And the mothers that are really so empathetic, go, you know, experiencing the pain of their children and just really putting themselves out there in order to change the world on behalf of their children. I just think that the mothers are setting such a great example in this painful growing process that our community is going through. And and so that's reflected in paintings like the ones that you mentioned on the mind of the goddess. Uh, there's another one called The Mother Embraces the Rainbow that I did not too long ago. And who loves their child more than than a mother? Like, yes, fathers do. I love my children as as a father, but I also think there's a tradition of kind of a father's tough love. Sometimes that can yield good things, but in the end, it's the unconditional love that is most needed, I think, in the world today, and, and that is mo as best exemplified by mothers who understand their children and what their children are going through. So yes, I do see a connection between the feminine divine and advocating for the those on the margins, those that have been marginalized and abused and um, shunned and that we can, we have so much room for improvement. We can bring to bear our own unconditional love to these situations for those around us and, and also work to make systemic change that will allow for those in the margins to, to no longer be pushed out. Yeah, I really love, I, I can't think of the name of it right now, but the one I described about, of the chapel. Um, yeah, that one was called Friends at Church. And yeah, it was, every person in that painting is somebody that I know. <laughs> it's somebody that I would love to feel fully welcome if they so chose to be part of, you know, my church family and the way that it's structured right now, that's just not possible. But so I dream of that day when it, it will be possible. 
Yeah, that's what I was going to say is I love that when I look at that painting, it's like, it's like the idea of a vision board. It's like something that you meditate on, like you actually visualize in order to bring it about, you know, and I think a lot of people connect with that painting for that same reason of like really wanting their loved ones to feel comfortable and welcome and at home. And also knowing that like right now for many, many people, that's, that's not the case, but to, whether it's the LDS church or not, I think it's just like to be in a church home where we're they're worshiping Christ together and we are all who we are. That is a beautiful vision. So I want to thank you for creating that vision, the visual for us to, to meditate on. Yes. Thank you. We hear from a lot of women on this podcast about how knowing their heavenly mother has shaped their perception of their themselves and their worth and, um, you know, just to sidebar for a second, like, I think that there's a lot of things that men don't realize just comes natural because they have this, um, you know, their, their prototype is so obvious to them. And then as we discover heavenly mother, then we realize like, well, I have divinity too. I'm not just like you said at the beginning, like God's like, I'll make a copy of me and then like something kind of different. <laughs> um, so I'm curious about your perspective. How has expanding to understand Heavenly Mother more, even though like you said, you always kind of knew of her, sounds like your your understanding of her is, is deeper at this point in your life. How has that shaped your self-image and, and self-understanding? Yeah, I, it's a great question. And I, I don't, you know, I just try to imagine myself in the past. I, I think I benefited from growing up in a house with five sisters. So having five sisters um, just made, and they were my best friends and they were wonderful, you know, and I think that that maybe helped shape me from an early time in my life. But, you know, I, when I don't, I don't know. I don't usually like to give bad examples, but I'm going to give you one right now. So after after the pandemic, we were I returned to in person church, and we had uh, the young men's the stake young men's president came to visit our ward, and one of the things the the young men's president did was he said, he asked all of the, the Uranic priesthood, the young men to stand up in the chapel. And so all of the, these young men from 12 to 18 stood up and he said, young man, I want you to know that you are doing the greatest work in the world. And then he had them sit down and there was no even like acknowledgement that there were young women in the ward and that what they were doing was 
important or that they were even doing anything, let alone as equally important as what the young men were doing. So, so I guess one of the things that, that has one of the places I've been led is to this place where experiences like that are deeply painful to me as a mother, as the, as a father of two daughters now, like I want church to be a place where they can learn about their heavenly mother, where they can explore their divine potential and the importance of who they are and their value in their, uh, their value their current value as a child of God, just as they are right now. Right. And, and unfortunately in many wards, there, there are so many experiences like this that make it so that those things aren't happening. Those aren't the messages that they're getting. And so, um, so my, my, my self image is, is uh, inextricably, is that the right word, linked to the image of my wife, of my mother, of my daughters, and their divine potential. I think of myself uh, as much as I ever have as an equal partner, and and I hope I'm, I'm better able to check myself when to, to understand, like, am I living up to that goal and ideal of equality in my daily actions and treatments of people around me? So that's one thing. Um, and, um, and also, I think that my perspective of myself, my, my self-image as a man, but with the capacity to nurture and to take on some of the, you know, what have been traditionally attributed as female attributes. I think those attributes are, we are meant to learn attributes from both our heavenly father and heavenly mother, whether we're men or women or where we are on that spectrum. And so that's another thing that I think about is, am I, do, am I bringing um, my capacity to nurture to my uh relationship with my spouse, but also to my relationship with my children. And, and then, um, to hopefully make room for and facilitate the success of women and men around me, uh, and girls as, as much as boys. Uh, we, I, I really, one of my favorite principles in the temple and, and got just gospel principles in general is fulfilling the measure of our creation. And I think 
that historically and systemically we like to put kind of bounds and borders around what the measure of the creation of people around us might be. And that's not our job, right? Our job is to grow together, to collaborate, to show unconditional love, and to do our best to nurture as our Heavenly Parents would nurture and as our Heavenly Mother has the you know has shown or at least that we felt that she has nurtured us thank you i i just feel like if heavenly mother were here interviewing you on this podcast she would say thank you for for putting in that work and for doing that personal and real growth yourself and sharing that in such a public way where people can see your art and feel included and feel loved and seen it's it's not a small thing and to anybody who's listening who's feeling like they have a gift or a talent to share or a, or something important to say um I think she would encourage you to do it even though it might be scary or <laughs> unknown. Um, you don't know exactly what might happen. Uh, you don't know also what lives you might touch and what people you might strengthen. So thank you for being that example um, and for being so open and willing to share your growth and your journey. It's really cool to kind of come full circle in here in the beginning how you're talking about empathy and charity um, and then to hear like how you've actually been able to grow in those qualities um, and I think they are qualities of both of our heavenly parents right I don't think they would be gods and partnered if they weren't both excellent in all the ways um, so just thank you so much and our last question that we ask all of our guests is how has heavenly mother changed you yeah i i uh, you know I, I i tried to think about this and tried to think about myself in the past but i i really believe that listening to the voices of people around me listening to the voices of you know i think sometimes men and maybe maybe not just men but sometimes we don't realize that we're not listening sometimes we don't realize that we interrupt or that we um do things that are, con are, are contrary to like our own goals uh, and ideals as a person. Like I, so I just, I feel like I've, as I've, um, as my kids have grown up, as I've, you know, been in a marriage partnership for 20, over 20 years, 
that that new situations come up that enable me to practice what I'm preaching, right? I remember one time um, that I had been really encouraging my son to take music lessons and I bought instruments and things. And, and my daughter, my she's older than my son, asked, you know, she said she wanted to do some some physical training with a, a coach. And I, I, I think I kind of dismissed it at the beginning and not just because I didn't, I don't think it was because she was a girl, but it, I think it was because I wanted her to be more like I wanted to foster the intellectual side of her. And, but I had to realize that it's not my job to kind of gatekeep what the interests of my children are, but it's more to listen to them and to support them in the things that they want to do. I'm so excited right now. My, you know, Amy, my wife has been in a two year master's program, masters of social work. She's about to graduate. She's working with kids in the public schools, um, helping them with their mental health and, it is so beautiful to watch what she's doing and to um and just the, the like the power and the impact that she's having in the people around her and um and i i i kind of wish that you know we could go back that we could start over again and and maybe think about a way to do those things together at the same time to develop at the same time. But then I also have to respect the fact that she wanted to be at home with kids. And so it's not always easy. It's not always clear cut what the best way is to support, to support the people around us. But, um, but I think that I'm, I'm, learning to listen I'm learning to have empathy I'm learning to appreciate the beauty of the present to live in the present to um, just kind of marvel at life as it unfolds and all of the beautiful people around me um, I like to think that that my heavenly mother has something to do with that. Thank you so much for sharing all of that with us, and we've just really loved this this hour together. Um, I'm, you know, I think about like I'm kind of envious of that being your career that you have so many hours that you're, yeah, you have a, a reason to spend hours and hours in this meditative contemplative space with God. And, but then I remember that I can do the same thing, you know, um, it may not be what, what pays my bills, but, um, as I've grown up, you know, 
and become an adult and then in some ways lost myself in child rearing and and things like that that I've realized how what a danger it is to put away our creative selves whether it's painting or writing or whatever it is but that I think just coming back and embracing that and not worrying about you know so you know I I could never sell this or something but to just hear the value of spending those hours making those hours of prayer and and I I also just wanted to point out again like I loved how you said that that painting is prayer and you know we've been given a script my son came home from primary you know with today with the 15th paper like this of here's how to pray here's the elements of prayer here's what we say and that is a way to pray and and I don't say that that's not that can't be a good prayer but one way that heavenly mother has changed me has been opening the door of prayer to so many other forms and so many other uh connection points and realizing like yep that's prayer too so thank you for sharing the fruit of your prayer and of your career and hours of uh of dedication and and honing your skill and and all of the spiritual lessons that you've you've gained from that it's been a pleasure to to talk with you thank you i I, I do just maybe maybe I shouldn't revisit this, but I do want to say that for anybody wondering whether or not they should take back up their creativity at any point in life, I I absolutely believe that you should. And I was blessed to grow up in a home where my my mother was always actively exercising her creativity as a violinist. She wrote a book about about practicing with children. She was always teaching. She was always performing. And and that was so valuable to me to see that she was um, exercising those gifts, even while also being a mother to us. Um, I, I think that was, I, I really am grateful for her example. I teach art. I have an art academy and and ninety-five percent of the artists there are women, many of whom have raised kids or are are in the middle of raising kids, and it is so wonderful just to see them develop as artists. And I firmly believe that 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 that, that act of creativity is a part of um, showing children how to to develop how to how to work towards their own potential so yeah if if you're wondering just think yeah kirk says yes (laughs) (laughs) i i i just really encourage everyone to to do that to follow those promptings yes and we're all grateful to your mother for giving you that example and showing you that creativity is important and to express yourself and be yourself. Um, where can people find you if they want to look up your art, if they're interested in your art academy? 
Where is the place to go? I mean, the thing that I, the, the place where I post the most, where I interface the most with the public is my personal Instagram account. That's J Kirk Richards, J K I R K R I C H A R D S. And then everywhere else is kind of a little bit of an afterthought, unfortunately. But um, there is a link tree in my bio on my Instagram that has um, the academy and the, I think maybe the gallery where we host. It's a kind of a community art gallery where we have monthly shows. And, oh, yeah, I do I do send out an actual postcard invitation to my yearly studio tour at home in Woodland Hills. So I just, if people want to receive that, I just ask them to send me their mailing address and an email with postcard as the subject. And, um, and what's your email address? My email address is email, E-M-A-I-L, at jkirkrichards.com. Thank you for everything. Thank you for joining us tonight. It's been so, so nice and uplifting. And I'm so excited for many, many people to get to get this peek into your experience. So thank you so much. Well, it's a pleasure. Thank you again for the invitation. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we hope you'll share it. And please leave us a rating and review wherever you listen. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can make a monthly donation at anchor.fm slash inherimage. We hope you'll tune in next Sunday for another inspiring episode.